Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Follow us there and follow us here. Hit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love college football road trips and think Rudy was offsides, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, brought to you by Section 5. Boys, it's Notre Dame week. It is the official Loyal Suns road trip for the 2023 season. We'll be in South Bend, Indiana this weekend. Beginning of the year, I thought maybe Pitt might be rolling into this game 7-1 and one, or 7-0, and 6-1. Oh, and one. Uh, We aren't, if, if you didn't know. 2-5. and 20.5 point underdogs last time I checked. <laughs> but we're going. We're getting in the car, we're going, we're going to the game, we're going to have fun, and that's all there is to it. Have you, have either of you been to South Bend before? Twice, maybe three times. Squid, no? I have not. Okay. Yeah, I went as a junior in high school. I went, uh, Pitt lost that game in OT, Everett Golson. We had two number four fives on the field for the extra point or the the field goal that was missed so very typical pit loss but it's a hell of a game I, mean, I think notre dame i don't know what they were ranked at that point maybe five they were they were elite and well ish for their standards they had manti Teo. uh good girlfriend his girlfriend was in attendance yeah so that was my notre dame experience but i'm ex- excited to experience it as an adult because obviously i was 16 and uh couldn't go to bars or do most of the fun stuff yeah isn't it crazy that like we existed before we could go get tanked places what did we do for fun i know when i went other than uh, go to sheets on like a friday night yeah i went with uh our friend now the loyal photographer brandon schmora on instagram uh Went down with his family. His older brother was going to Notre Dame at the time. And we just walked around the campus and we thought it was the coolest thing of all time. And it was also around Halloween weekend. We saw people running around in Halloween costumes. I think deep in the back of our 16-year-old brains that we were just going to get invited to a college party and just like, go go party in the dorms because that's where you party, right, at college in, in the dorm rooms. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. Uh, just walked around, and then honestly, that was one of the first like college campuses I can remember walking around, other than like going down to Oakland to walk around Pitt. Um, and I thought it was really cool. And here we are, almost ten years later. Wow, ten years later. And I hate Notre Dame. Can't stand them. Hate them. So I'm I'm curious. What did you think of the campus when you visited? When I was 16, I thought it was really, really cool. I was like, this is awesome. Um, going to other campuses after that, I was like, okay, there's a lot of college campuses. But I thought the like the, the walk-in, all the players walking in, the I forget what they even call it, uh, going to see Touchdown Jesus, that was cool. Just very historical, traditional stuff. Um, and at that time, like I said, first time stepping on foot on a college campus, I was I was pretty blown away. I'm excited to go back, though, and see if it's still hits me the same way um and it's i think it's a cool trip 
for any any pit fans who haven't made it before and you're planning to go this weekend i think you'll enjoy it i think for a college football fan it just makes sense to go to notre dame once even if you hate them i think the tradition and i mean it's notre dame right that's synonymous with college football uh i don't know what did you think Hold on real quick. I'm I'm looking up to see if there's a Culver's in South Bend, Indiana. Let's go. Have you guys ever had Culver's? I have not. I've heard good things. We're we're gonna change your life either on the way there or the way home. Uh the finest that the Midwest has to offer. Uh milkshakes you could cut with a knife and uh and a variety of deep fried items. So I j- just thought of that. But uh Wanted to get you guys excited for the things I get excited about on these road trips. Uh, but no, I, <laughs> I, I didn't love Notre Dame when I went. And I'm actually looking forward, much like you are, Dylan, to see how I feel about it as an adult. I think the reason I didn't love it as a kid is because if I wanted to be surrounded by uh, stained glass and statues of the Virgin Mary, I just would have gone to school the next day. So, like, it was it was a lot of imagery I was very used to, and at that point in my life did not impress me uh, for some various reasons. You know, if you catch me at the tailgate and get me in a, get a couple beers and me, we'll talk Catholicism. But, uh, yeah, so it that and the fact that I had been born with a pure disdain for Notre Dame... Um, I did not love it growing up. I'm I'm hoping as an adult I can be more, a little bit more objective, put personal feelings aside, and just enjoy a cool campus because I love college campuses. They're the closest thing we have in America to walkable European cities. So, sure so what's the be- stadium like? Was it cool? Is it crappy? I know everyone's mad they don't sell beer, but. What's the actual they they don't sell experience beer. like? No, they they don't sell beer at Notre Dame Stadium. So strike one. Uh, and when I went, they didn't have a like a replay board, like a jumbotron. It was still very oh. much like uh, we don't we don't have a, the tradition. Da da da. And they added it fairly recently. And I I've talked to Notre Dame fans, being from Pittsburgh, having family in the north side of Pittsburgh, specifically Irish Catholics. I've grown up around some Notre Dame fans and I've I've had them describe their or express their disdain for them adding a replay board in the stadium. They don't like it. Um, They're that old school of a program and fan base. Yes, absolutely. So I remember that it's bleacher seating. Um, Being there was cool. And once again, at that point, hadn't experienced a ton of like classic college football. Like I'd only been to games at Heinz Field. Uh, so it was cool to be in a different stadium, but if my memory serves me correct, it's a shitty old stadium. But a lot of the best college football stadiums are. Right. Um, were you there when they had wooden bleachers? I don't recall if they were wooden. They were definitely bleachers. I, I sat in wooden bleachers my first time up there, which I believe was the Tyler Palco, I'm so proud of this fucking football team game. I was there for that awesome awesome core college football memory. Uh, but I remember uh, picking splinters out of my ass for hours after the game. So that was my recollection of Notre Dame stadium. Um, 
that and you can only see touchdown Jesus from about one section. Uh, so I'm, I just sound like a, like a bitter lapsed Catholic talking about Notre Dame, but I only had fun there because of the football that was being played. Um, I, I do not think Notre Dame stadium is good. Cool. Mm. It's just big and historic. That's kind of the thought that I had. Like for the historic sense, cool to see. I like that kind of stuff. Like I went to Wrigley Field, kind of a dump, but very cool to see a game there and say that you've been there. And I kind of got the same vibe from Notre Dame Stadium. So what are you guys excited to see? Well, okay. What are you most excited to see other than Pitt pulling off an upset over Notre Dame? I, I am looking forward to giving Notre Dame another chance now that I'm an adult with a fully formed frontal lobe. Um, like you mentioned, this is our first time getting to like party on Notre Dame's campus. Uh, and I want to know if all the rumors are true that you're better off just going to St. Mary's. Uh, but no, I, I am excited to see things as an adult. It's always weird to go places as an adult that you went when you were like eight. And Culver's. Yeah, I've only been to Bourbon Street when I was like 15. So Bourbon Street and South Bend, Indiana are uh, two places that definitely remind me of each other. Yeah. yeah. Places that you need to see again as an adult. Totally the same. I've been recommended the linebacker lounge by multiple people now, like three separate people who are not related in any way. So that kind of leads me to believe that it's just going to be packed and I'm not going to be able to get in because everyone is told to go there. But I do want to check it out. It, I've looked at the pictures on Yelp, online, Google Google Photos, Google Reviews, and it looks very Notre Dame. Very Notre Dame. Yeah, I think it's like the tourist bar. Like how Pittsburgh people say you got to try Permanis. It's like, yeah, I go to the linebacker. It's a Notre Dame thing. What kind of reception do you think we're going to get from the Notre Dame faithful? They'll be pompous. Yeah. I mean, ha- half of them will just be from like Northside. Cranberry. <laughs> Cranberry. Yeah. Like we're just going to run into a bunch of people wait, we know from here. Wait, shit. Which, uh, which suburb did we? Is it Mount Lebanon? No, 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 no. Notre Dame absolutely is like, they don't get us. Specific... It's like half this region. I'm telling you, the, the Northside Catholics that I grew up around, like, they all love Notre Dame. All the kids from Pine Richland go there. Yeah. Like our our third-string quarterback went there Centrals. out of high school. There's 24 Central Catholic kids on their team. Well, then that really supports uh, Dylan's argument because Central Catholic kids are recruited from, I mean, bust in from uh, all over Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, we've taken our shots. Our obligatory shots. Um, other thing I'm excited about, prize picks. So prize pick, picks, you can see the ticker below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, prize picks, daily fantasy sports app to wager on daily individual player projections. Um, and although it is not yet active in Pennsylvania, it is in Indiana. So if you want to use the promo code Loyal Sons, they'll match any deposit. 
up to a hundred dollars. So if you donate, donate. Uh, well, I will be donating. That's depends on how I good am. you are at betting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wagering. So, um, deposit fifty dollars. Deposit fifty dollars. They'll give you fifty dollars. Deposit hundred. They'll give you a hundred. Deposit ten. They'll give you ten. Um, whatever you deposit. Make sure you use promo code LOYALSONS, that's L-O-Y-A-L-S-O-N-S, or you can just look down at whatever app you're listening to this podcast on to get the spelling right. Loyal Sons, um, use our promo code, put in some some uh, picks, and hey, maybe you'll leave South Bend with a little more money than you, you showed up with. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't get your money doubled unless you use promo so promo code loyal sons um but i'm i'm so excited when we go to states that have prize picks because you can make wagers on individual college football player stats which is something you can't do through most mainstream uh sports books uh which makes prize picks unique and i definitely know more about college football than i do about any other sport so the idea of getting able of being able to say bub means is going to be over 40 and a half uh receiving yards or greater than 40 and a half receiving yards i feel a lot more comfortable uh putting my money on that than just about anything else so yeah. it's unique it's cool it's fun and you can play it in indiana yeah and if you're you know feeling down about how pit season's gone thus far uh, and you don't have much hope for a victory going into Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, I do. I, I think we're going to win. But you can always wager on, you know, Christian Bayer's passing yards, Bob Means receiving yards. You know, Sam like Hartman's that. under. Exactly. So that's promo code Loyal Sons. Make sure you use it and come by and let us know what you're thinking before the game. Let us know what, what we're putting in. Maybe we'll hop on a. Hop on a pick with you. Um, but without further ado, we've got a guest to break down this matchup against Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We've got Tyler from Locked On Irish coming up next. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with Homefield this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSONS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a pit fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Please welcome on to the show this week from the Locked On Irish podcast, Tyler Wojak. Tyler, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this game on Saturday. Yeah, that makes one of us. Man, you guys are really down in the dumps. Before we even started recording, you guys were sad. And now we started, I thought maybe you'd uh, your spirits would boost a little bit, but that is clearly not the case. 
No, that wasn't a bit. That's just kind of how we feel. Our emotions are controlled by pit football, and pit football has been uh, taking them behind the bleachers and kicking their teeth in week after week. I respect you guys for continuing to go out there and do these podcasts because I know it's not fun, especially when things are going bad. Like the last thing you want to do sometimes is hit record. So serious props to you guys because uh, I know that everyone listening needs someone to basically maybe if they can't vent on their own, they can listen to other people vent. So you guys are doing a good service to people, whether uh, you want to admit it or not. Oh, it's been so bad. We have to talk about it. And it's kind of therapeutic in a way to just let it all out. Yeah, I feel that. I've definitely been in that position before. So uh, our first question for you is one that we definitely um, ask everyone, even those not from Notre Dame. And this is in no way a way for us to shame Notre Dame fans. Did you go to Notre Dame? I did go to Notre Dame. Damn it! I did. Uh, yeah. That was like an 80-20 question in my favor, but you you nailed it. You You passed the first test. Yeah, I'm an alum. I understand the sentiment, but... I guess if you're going to make fun of me for anything, the reason I went to Notre Dame is because of you saw my, Rudy. Is, well, I actually basically lived out Rudy, honestly. I went to Holy Cross. I wasn't good enough to get in the first time around, so then I worked my way in, although my story didn't quite necessitate a movie. Instead of playing on the football team, <laughs> I played intramural and worked at the rec center. But I did sort of follow that path, and – the main reason why I wanted to go there to begin with was my dad and my uncle and my grandpa, all people who grew up loving Notre Dame football, but none of them went there. So if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have gone there, but I did in fact go there. So I'm sorry to disappoint. That is disappointing because you, you took away like 80% of our ammo. <laughs> I get Which it. Is, and it's actually ironic that the two of us asked that because of the three loyal sons hosts. Uh, we are the two that did not go to Pitt, Maine. But the difference <laughs> is like we chose this misery, which is admirable of us. We didn't even go to Pitt and we love Pitt, um, but we always get frustrated uh, by there's a huge Irish contingency, both Notre Dame fans and literal Irish in Pittsburgh. So you guys are well represented here and nothing pisses us off more. Yeah, I I kind of understand that because I lived in Cleveland uh, up until I was 11, which obviously isn't that far from Pittsburgh. And it's the same deal. A lot of Irish people, a lot of people who root for Notre Dame, but we're, we were surrounded by Buckeye fans. So it wasn't quite as large, but I definitely felt the heat growing up as a kid. Like I remember a lot of my dad's friends, they gave me such a hard time growing up for rooting for Notre Dame and he didn't go there either. So it was a lot, but I understand what the Notre Dame fans that you're dealing with. I know what they're like. Okay, so time for the real questions. The very serious question to start us off. How relieved are you that you don't have to deal with a Phil Dracovic revenge game right now? See, I <laughs> I am so disappointed that he's not playing. I'm not even joking. I was following no, that storyline all year long because I wanted Notre Dame to play Phil Dracovic. Like, let's be honest, this game just does not have the same juice to it as it would had Phil been the starting quarterback. And when I saw how things were playing out for Pitt earlier in the season, I started thinking, like, is he really going to be this bad that he won't even start? And then after the West Virginia game, I was like, oh, yeah, like he's not going to be the starting quarterback. It would be crazy for Pitt to start him. And maybe I thought Pat would give him another shot in this one. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, I really wanted that revenge game to happen because – he did play against Notre Dame in 2020 when he's the starting quarterback at Boston College, but that was 
at BC and there wasn't a single person in the crowd. I don't think for that game because they had pretty strict COVID restrictions there. Last season, Boston College and because it was a Boston College game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. True, and that, they had Zay Flowers. So that I mean, they I guess they were somewhat decent, but yeah, I don't expect. Might be pit, so yeah, I don't expect them to have a full crowd in that one, but. Then last season, uh, Boston College came to Notre Dame, and we were supposed to get the Phil Dracovic revenge game in South Bend. He was hurt in that game. So it's just, it's just not meant to be, I guess. But at least now he has enough time to craft a well-thought-out Instagram caption ahead of the game because I don't know if you guys saw that last year. Uh, he had a pretty interesting post the day of the game that he wasn't playing in. So it is unfortunate, but at least he's got that. What? What was it? I, I, this is news to us. You are breaking news. Yeah. So he deleted from it from a year ago. So he deleted it. It was pretty ridiculous. Let me see if I can find, uh, this is terrible radio, but. Oh, we're, he, we're great at terrible radio. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here we go. Let's see if anyone took a screenshot of it. Okay. Here we go. I'll read it to you now. All right. This is kind of long. Do you want me to read it all? Or I could just Please. give you. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. This, this is, is good. So this is from Phil the day that Notre Dame was set to play Boston College. Notre Dame ended up winning this game like 45 to nothing. They absolutely smacked them. Boston College did nothing in that game. He posted, quote, I always really liked Notre Dame football, despite most of my family having no affiliation or affection for the school. So there you go. One of your boys. Uh, I turned down some great opportunities in order to fulfill my childhood dream of playing on the team. And I thank everyone who helped to make that happen. Good fortune allowed me to meet some incredible people while there players, coaches, professors, priests, etc. Notre Dame has been a tremendous force for good in the world. It will continue this excellence because of its good people. Some derogatory comments have come out in the media in regards to my perspective on the place. And I'd like to clarify Notre Dame holds some of the highest ideals and these are very difficult to live up to. I don't think the institution practices its stated virtues in all aspects of campus, but I urge it to do so because I think it can be better. I wish many of those I met much success. Anyone close to me knows how badly I'd love to play in this game, but I'm currently recovering from a diagnosed concussion, broken rib, and strained MCL. This is where it gets really weird. Uh, He goes on to say, as it relates to Boston College, even amid a most difficult year, I have never been more proud to represent the school. The adversity we face has molded and strengthened me. We're primed for success, and it will come soon to the heights on Eagle's wings. Although it's been a famine of a season, we should know that it brings no fear. Let's remember that Boston College was founded for and by Irish immigrants. Notre Dame Duloc was founded by the French, something they teach you in your first year. The Dropkick Murphys were started in Boston, and their song, For Boston, is our fight song. They sing, I'm shipping up to Boston, and definitely not, I'm shipping up to South Bend. So if you're in that stadium and you cheer for... And you cheer when that song comes out before kickoff. Know that you are either rooting for Boston College or otherwise supporting cultural appropriation. In the words of what? Mac, in the words of Mac, it ain't nothing but a brand name. Yeah. What? It has you... been deleted. I think you're messing with us. I swear to God. There's it's not, it's not there anymore, but it's it's uh I can send you the link. Please. That's how long do you think he was working what? on that? <laughs> it's a long one, right? Like I feel yeah. like I just took too much of our time reading that ridiculous post. But after that, uh, anyone who still defended Phil Dracovic on the Notre Dame fan side, because there were still a few defenders, they thought maybe he got a raw deal with the whole Ian Book thing. After that post, 
he had no one in his corner uh, on the Notre Dame side. So he obviously didn't play in that game. We all were hoping that we get to go up against him and Pat Narduzzi on Saturday because Pat Narduzzi is actually an all-time Notre Dame hater. I respect his game. He's really good at it. And uh, oh, you sure can, he's going to be ready for this one. You can Don't remove Notre Dame. He hates everybody. Yeah. You can remove Notre Dame from that statement. He is an all-time <laughs> hater. He's just an all-time. All right. I, I could see that. He does give off uh, mean curmudgeon vibes. I don't imagine he's got a bunch of people. Like, he doesn't seem like the best hang. I think that's safe to say. I don't know, because he, one, apparently, like, loves nothing more in the entire world than just, like, throwing back some red wine and just hosing people down in bocce. So, potentially a good hang. The people that like Pat Narduzzi are very loyal to him. Uh, It's true. I have heard that. We we were among that for a very long time. I'm not saying we're disloyal to him now. We are literally the loyal sons. Um, <laughs> but I will say forever it was like this thing of like, yeah, he may be a jackass, but like he's our jackass. I will admit it's a lot less fun when he's still doing his whole curmudgeon shtick and you are two and five directly because of some decisions he's made. Um, but no, I, I get that. But Squid's right. Don't feel special. He hates everything and everybody pat narduzzi will hate everybody we just haven't had that many interactions with new schools yet. like we got lincoln riley a few years ago i'm sure Notre Dame happened colorado so i did love the report that came out after jordan addison transferred to usc uh it was pretty well reported that narduzzi called up lincoln and gave him a piece of his mind what i would do to get uh, an audio recording of that phone call, or maybe there were several phone calls because it sounded like it did just happen one time. I would love to hear that because uh, obviously I hate USC. So I hated when that move happened, especially the way it went down and the timing and all that. But thinking about Pat Narduzzi pissed off, calling Lincoln, calling him a scumbag and all that, it's just, it's too, it's too good. So I did get a kick out of that. Some of his curmudgeon actions can be pretty hilarious. That Yeah, that would be all-time fly-on-the-wall moment because, yeah. you know, Lincoln Riley is just trying to smooth-talk his way out of it. Like, I didn't give him any money. I can't speak for the CEO of United Airlines, you know, our alumni or, or whoever dropped the bag. But, uh, yeah, no, um, your, your assessment on Pat Narduzzi seems accurate. But I, I think we are letting Phil get away with it by getting sidetracked from that – Oh my Lisa of a caption. The cultural appro- uh, the cultural appropriation part at the end there is he really stuck the landing. It took a little bit, but then he landed it and I was like, wow. Did not is he even Irish? Funny. I don't know, dude. Dracovic sounds like Croatian or something, but And the thing is he had it out for Brian Kelly and uh well, Chip Long, who was the offensive coordinator. It was really it was really Chip Long the offensive coordinator at the time, he was known for being an extreme hard ass on the players. Like the dude loved to yell very old school football mentality. And by all accounts, it sounded like chip just flat out ruined Phil's confidence, which is obviously taking it too far. If you're the coach, like I understand hard coaching, but you got to have your player at least motivated to get better. And it seems like chip had crossed that line, but it wasn't just Phil for the record who didn't appreciate his coaching style but I think that was a big reason why he looked elsewhere. And I don't think Brian Kelly really helped matters when 
uh, there's a point where he was going to restrict Phil from going to Boston College because of uh, the fact that Notre Dame was going to play them the following season. Anyway, this uh, it doesn't matter because it all worked out for Phil in terms of like he went to the school he wanted to go to. He had a chance to start right away. And the coaches that he was mad at were gone. That's why it was so weird that he had had this post um, when Freeman was the coach and Chip Long was long gone. It just it didn't really make any sense to me. But again, it's why it's so unfortunate that he's not the starter in this game because this the animosity is is real. And uh, it, you know, going up against Pat Narduzzi, like Notre Dame has played him plenty of times, but the opportunity to have Phil play in Notre Dame stadium after all of that, after everything that had transpired, uh, I was really looking forward to that opportunity and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but you never know. Maybe he comes in and plays some tight head. Uh, you're, you might have to settle for the, uh, Sebo Flemister and Shane Simon revenge games, but, uh, actually we, we recorded the segment that's going to air directly after this. And we are very convinced Phil is either coming out at tight end for a play this week or he will be lining up as essentially a wildcat quarterback inside the five-yard line. They're going to give him his moment. That would make sense. Or he comes in and he just chucks a deep ball because, like, he's oh, not accurate. No. no, no, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the report on him, though, is that, you know, he couldn't do a bunch of things, but at least he could throw it deep. And he's a decent runner, so I could see wildcat quarterback. But can you guys explain the tight end thing? What happened there? So I think what happened was one day, like the week Phil was no longer the starting quarterback, he was like, well, I'm a six-year senior. I'm not going to rewin the starting job. I've been terrible. So why not help the team out? Maybe get on the field another way. Play tight end. I'm already massive. And he ran a few routes in practice one day. Some reporters saw it. They said he changed his position, and he probably just – was given to go for one day and the coach was like, no, 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 that's too embarrassing. We can't let that get out. It was never going to happen. Yeah. When and our he, said he couldn't recall, I, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you don't remember <laughs> your well, QB one getting reps at tight end. That's you just missed that part of practice. Well, so the best part is that before he, he dropped the, I can't recall. Um, the reporter was kind of nailing his foot to the floor on it when he was being asked this. He was like, hey, we heard he's playing tight end. And Deuce was like, Phil is not taking any reps at tight end with the first team offense. <laughs> and the reporter was instantly like, so is he taking reps with like the second and third team offense? And Narduzzi was like, mm, I can't recall. I don't remember. It was like, it was like a couple minutes of like, getting into the weeds on it before he was eventually just like, yeah, I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Thing, things happen. People throw balls around. It's football practice. You throw balls, people catch balls. You throw the ball back, whatever. I, li- I like this idea though, that Phil comes in as like a gadget player. It's sad that his career has fallen off to that extent, but I, I could definitely see it, especially if the game is close. Maybe they start to get real weird and bring him out, but um, it, he's still the backup, right? Or is he's he been reduced now. to third string? Jeez, man. Yeah. So should we talk about the game and who's actually going to play now? Yeah, I guess we should. We'll, we'll see how how it actually goes. It will be weird in one way, shape, or form, but we'll ask you about a weird game that you guys had. What the hell happened against Louisville? That's like the only reason we have like a little bit of hope. 
I really have no idea, to be honest. Because otherwise, you. you've looked, yeah, pretty darn that good. game. That game really sucked for me personally too, because I'm from there. Uh, I moved from Cleveland to Louisville, and you know, went to junior high and high school there. I have a bunch of friends there, big Louisville fans. And if you had asked me going into the season, like which games, which would be the worst loss, just as a fan of Notre Dame, it'd be Ohio State. Louisville and USC. Thank God Notre Dame beat USC because I live in LA now. And I, I literally would not have been able to show my face in public had <laughs> Notre Dame lost to that to USC too. But it was a bad spot for Notre Dame. I was definitely really nervous going into that game because they had just played two extremely emotional games going up against Ohio State, going down to the very last play in that one, losing that, and then coming back, going on the road to Duke, playing in what was basically their Super Bowl winning on the last drive of that game. So you have two really emotional games, really long, really physical games, and then having to play a Louisville team who was coming into that game incredibly hot, home game in Louisville, their first sellout in four years. It was a night game. So I felt like the chips were certainly stacked against Notre Dame, and it certainly showed on the field. Notre Dame also, like, I'm not saying it was all the environment and it was a schedule loss too, because Notre Dame just did not play well. I don't know why the coaching staff decided to do this, but during the game, they started rotating offensive linemen and the offensive line was kind of struggling at the beginning of the game, but then they really started struggling once they started rotating more guys in and running these different combinations out there, which felt really odd and forced and offensive line. You need reps together as a five man unit because what one individual does is based off what the guy next to him is doing. So to do that on the road in a hostile environment, when you're already down, it just felt really unnecessary. And I think it's a big reason why Notre Dame ended up losing that game. Louisville's defensive line was just in the backfield every single play, but the final score, I think doesn't tell the full story. Notre Dame actually had the lead 10 to seven in the third quarter, and they had a wide open receiver on a wheel route. Chris Tyree dropped it ended up kicking a field goal there. It's like, how different is that game if they end up going? Again, this is all revisionist history. They deserve to lose that game. They ended up getting their ass kicked in the second half. But it's college football, man. It's weird. And uh, some nights, anything can happen. Like, I don't look at this game as an easy win for Notre Dame. I know this spread is 19 and a half, which I find crazy to me because I think 10 out of the last 13 games between Notre Dame and Pitt have ended in uh, a one-possession game. So I don't know. Maybe Vegas is just higher on this Notre Dame team than I am, but – Whenever Notre Dame and Pitt play each other, something weird is bound to happen. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I there there have been some real games between these two teams. We were at um I was at the Tyler Palco game when I was like 8. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm referring to. Tyler and and Palco. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Uh the day he wrote himself into Pitt lore forever. Um and I I oh, I think all three of the loyal sons, there's a third one of us, he just couldn't make it, um, were at the game that went into double overtime a couple years ago. Squid, do you go to that one? I have never been to Notre Dame. Right. Wait, because double that... overtime? What, that was Triple? the 2012 game? Perhaps. When Notre Dame, Notre Dame ended up winning because of a missed field goal? Mm-hmm. Or because I was at the Pitt-Notre Dame four-overtime game when Shady McCoy was the running back. Mm. I was at that game. One of the worst games ever, to be honest with you. Every It went into four overtimes, and no one scored a touchdown in overtime. That's how bad it was. It was just field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal, and then Notre Dame missed it, and then they lost. 
Um, so yeah, there's always some weird stuff when these two teams play. So is there anything about Pitt other than the fact that historically they give Notre Dame a game that worries you even a little bit? I don't want to sound like I'm dismissive because I do think that this game could be close. But when I look at the stats and I look at the personnel on both teams, Notre Dame should, in theory, win easily. But college football is not played on paper. So I wouldn't say that there's one thing on the Pittsburgh side that's really concerning. I guess if it'd be anything, I would be concerned that like Pat Narduzzi is ready to just empty everything in the playbook in this one, especially defensively because Notre Dame's offense has really struggled as of late. Notre Dame's defense has been unbelievable all season long. And I think people really started to see that against Ohio state where they held Marvin Harrison jr. To just three catches and 32 yards. And that was really when everyone else in the country was like, wow, Notre Dame actually has cornerbacks. That's rare. Um, so I have, I have a lot of faith in Notre Dame's defense and I don't, I'm not necessarily worried about Pitt's offense, but I am worried that Notre Dame could struggle moving the ball against Pitt's defense. Um, part of that is issues on Notre Dame's side. And I also think that Pat Narduzzi, Pat Narduzzi is a great defensive coach, and I'm sure he cares a lot about this one. So if there was anything on the field that worried me, it'd definitely be that, how Notre Dame is going to be able to uh, get some points on Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think the main reason why we have a little bit of hope is the last time we saw Sam Hartman on a football field play against Pitt, we saw things unravel pretty badly. So we know completely different scheme, a lot better personnel around them. But uh, I think this defense might have a little bit extra edge after going up against their old friend, Sam Hartman. What's your level of familiarity with that uh, 2021 ACC championship game? Because aside from giving us an opportunity to gloat, um, over Notre Dame by transitive property or whatever. It is a very interesting case study for this upcoming game because I don't think a quarterback has ever seen ghosts more than Sam Hartman against Pitt. They brutalized him. I bet he's seen more ghosts against Louisville because he had yeah. five turnovers. No, I think it was six turnovers in one quarter against Louisville as the quarterback of Wake Forest in 2022 had not thrown a pick all season in 2023 first possession against Louisville throws another pick and that was his worst game of the season. So I guess if you were to get excited about one thing, if you can get pressure on him early and cause him to make some mistakes. Now the difference is this game is going to be at Notre Dame stadium, uh, not where's the ACC championships in Charlotte, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I actually, I do know a decent bit about that game. I knew he threw four picks in that one. I know Pittsburgh was getting after him um, because heading into the Ohio State game, there was the narrative that Sam Hartman can't can't win the big game. And that was brought up as probably the biggest game that he had ever played up to that point. Since then, I would say that the Ohio State game was was bigger, even though a conference championship wasn't on the line. But he finally got over the hump against USC, got a win in a big game. But I'm sure that, you know, he, he's had a lot of demons to exercise this season. Like, I remember doing a podcast with some NC State people before that game. Now, mind you, this is still very early on in the season. NC State still had some high hopes. Those have since uh, been squashed. But going into that game, they were so confident. They're like, oh, we've seen Sam Hartman. 
we busted his ass before and i was like i mean yeah at wake <laughs> and then notre dame put up 45 points on them so i don't know i think that this season has been sort of a sam hartman revenge tour against some of the acc teams that he struggled with in the past but uh that's another thing i'm worried about like pat narduzzi pat narduzzi is familiar with him maybe he schemes some things up uh to try to slow him down force him into making mistakes but i can understand why you guys are feeling a little bit confident if the last time you saw him he threw four picks yeah i don't think our defense is as strong as it was back then but they were no. hitting him hard, and he was just chucking it up and praying he wasn't going to get his head taken off. Question about your defense. Uh, do you think Notre Dame would beat Pitt if they lined up with 10 players every play? <laughs> 10? <laughs> Where the fuck did this come from? Uh, the Ohio State game. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? They did have 10 guys out there for two plays in a row, and the first play they stopped them. Can you imagine? So maybe. Can you imagine if Notre Dame ended up stuffing him on that last play with 10? Ryan Day would have had to quit. Like, after everything that's gone on with him and the Lou Holtz thing, and then he just ran it to the side where Notre Dame was missing a defensive lineman. Don't know how that would happen. Um, yeah, maybe if to- Lou Holtz talks a lot of trash. Yeah. Very mild trash talk that'll inspire the team to win. I don't think Notre Dame would beat Pitt if they played 10. 10- <laughs> 10 guys every play. Uh, I, Thank you for saying hey, that. I respect the opponent, man. I'm not going to come on this podcast and just disrespect Pitt, even though I did say that on paper, Notre Dame should blow this team out. Um, I, the fact that Sebo Flemister is now the main guy for Pitt is kind of crazy because he's been in college for what feels like forever. Um, there's a point at Notre Dame where he was like the third string running back, but he would come in on short yardage situations and just, run full speed into the line and get lit up. But he actually had a season here at Notre Dame. Let me look this up real quick where he actually had like eight touchdowns because he'd only come in in the red zone and then score. So I'm actually pretty happy for him. I'm really happy for Shane Simon because he came to Notre Dame and uh, he was a pretty decently rated recruit. He had a good game against Clemson in 2020. Just wasn't really working out for him at Notre Dame. So it's good to see those guys having success, but they were pretty good players. So I'm not, I'm not going to disrespect Pitt. Can we keep disrespecting Notre Dame? Yeah, I've got. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. So we we appreciate um, all these fun insights into Notre Dame, uh, and we're gonna let you go. I promise. But I before we do, before we do, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to hold you to a prediction. All right. So you want to score? How I think the game is gonna go? All of it. I think it's going to be ugly as hell. <laughs> um, hell yeah, brother. Pretty it always good. is with Notre Dame and Pitt. Other than that one year, I think it was 2015 when Pat Narduzzi just straight up refused to stop running man coverage on Will Fuller. He had like three touchdowns in the first half in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2020, another instance where he just was so stubborn, he was like, I'm going to make Notre Dame pass on us to try to have success. And then Notre Dame was like, okay. And Ian Book had maybe statistically one of the best games of his career. So I don't think it's going to be like that because Pitt actually seems to play better when they're at Notre Dame. I could see it being, um, you know, like a good game in the the first half. Uh, Notre Dame's going to be coming off a bye. I would like to see them come out of the gates a little bit hot, but they just haven't really been able to do that a ton lately. So I think Notre Dame is going to end up winning the game 
27 to seven, which I guess, yeah, they, they would theoretically cover in that scenario, which still surprises me in that because uh, unless the line shifts, it, I think it started at 21 and a half on some books. Now it's down to 19 and a half, but if Notre Dame wins 27 to seven, they would cover. I think it's just going to be one of those games. You watch it and you're like, that was gross. Um, let's move on and not think about that game for a while. I don't think it's going to be one for the history books or anything like that. Certainly hoping it's not anything like 2012, but I think Notre Dame gets the win. I think it'll be ugly for the most part, but I just think over the course of the game, Notre Dame's defense will wear down Pitt's offense. They won't be able to get anything going. And then uh, maybe they'll force a turnover to put, it'll put Notre Dame's offense in good field position. And then I think they'll score on the short field. So that's my prediction. Uh, I've been pretty wrong on a lot of score predictions this year. So maybe that's the best thing that could happen for you guys is that I just picked Notre Dame to win and cover. How many yards for estimate? Probably. I would say a little under a hundred. Honestly, I think what's going to happen in the, over the course of these next few games is estimate is still going to be like the lead back. He's a horse and all that, but Notre Dame's got some young running backs who every week they're like chipping away and it's getting to the point. You're like, wait a second, you got to give these guys carries because estimate is such a big dude, such a big bruising back that, and these young guys are way different. They're way more, they're more speedsters can make plays on the outside. So I'd expect them to get a little bit more carries, especially coming out of the bye week. Um, so I think that's going to take away from some of estimate stats, but don't get it twisted. That man is going to touch the ball a lot. And uh, I think when it's an ugly game like that, you could count on estimate just running full speed into the line of scrimmage and it's going to take three or four guys to bring him down. But that's sort of the essence of this game in the past, at least. So it'll be fun, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. Winner gets Kenny Minchie. <laughs> what we agreed to. We didn't even talk about Kenny Mincy on this show. We talked about We don't want to. No, we blocked him out of our memory after that happened. That was uh that was an interesting time. I guess if it makes you feel any better, maybe he will end up transferring, but I don't know. Like whenever a quarterback signs to any school now that not even talking about Notre Dame, like the odds of that player staying around for all four years are so slim now. I actually was looking at this before the season for my my job at Fox and it was like over 60% of all the starting quarterbacks in the power five were transfers. So yes, Notre Dame got him temporarily. Maybe he comes back. Who knows? See, but now that we're opening the Minchie can of worms, it, it wasn't just that we lost a player. It wasn't just that we lost a player to Notre Dame. It's the fact that Pitt at its highest point coming off of an ACC championship and, you know, riding high, with a pretty empty quarterback room because Kenny had left for the draft, uh, could not hold on to a four-star quarterback when a big program came knocking, even when that big program had a five-star in the class ahead of him and a five-star in the class coming up behind him, knowing that the likelihood that he would see the field at Notre Dame was minimal. He still chose that that helmet program over a hot pit program that had no one else to, to take snaps at quarterback. That we it was just such a symbolic moment of like, all right, maybe uh, David, maybe David, we are not there yet. Was what? the first half of this episode not depressing enough? Did we have to really open this? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I I was the one who brought it up, but I will say no, I brought it up. Everything about. What you just said is correct. You did fail to mention the fact that 
the head coach who was recruiting said quarterback scolded his offensive coordinator publicly for passing the ball too much. I don't think that's going to help when you're looking to sign top quarterbacks. When he did that, I could not believe it, uh, especially after Kenny Pickett was just there. And then he did that. And I'm sure they'll never say it publicly. I'm sure that quote uh, sort of stuck in the mind of Kenny Minshew for a long time because I was shocked when I heard it. And uh, especially in the modern college football, but Hey, Pat Narduzzi is going to Narduzzi. And uh, that's just how he's always been. Squid, we just let we just let a guy whose team was coached by Brian Kelly for years get us on our heels about having an asshole head coach <laughs> with no response about literal Brian Kelly for 35 minutes. Hey, LSU's guy now. He's ball game. We'll see. Well, yeah, you better be careful. That Brian Kelly's a real killer. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tyler, thank you so much for joining us hey. and insulting us to our face. Hey, I appreciate you guys have me. Uh, I hope you enjoy the game on Saturday, but not too much. Well, I'm sure we won't. We'll be in South Bend, Indiana. Oh, you guys are going? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right on, man. Enjoy. If you have any if you have any questions, if you need any racks, hit me up before the game. I will. I promise I won't steer you the wrong direction. Get, you, do you have any off the top of your head? We have plenty of people listening that will be there. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you the quick rundown. Um, probably... Night before the game, go to this place called Eddie Street, just a strip of bars, restaurants right next to campus. Uh, that should be a good time. I don't know if Pitt, I'm sure Pitt has some places that they've sort of cornered as like pit bars or things like that. These are just ones that are close to campus. So if you want to walk around, check out the stadium and things like that, I encourage you to go there before the game. Uh, South Bend, you know, there's definitely some corners there that you're probably should avoid. But I don't think you got to worry about any of that if you're around campus. So that would be my advice. Uh, O'Rourke's, there's a bar called Brothers right there. Tons of great places. And, you know, for as much shit as Notre Dame fans get, they are awfully friendly, for the most part, to opposing crowds. So I hope you guys have a good time. And uh, anyone who listens to this who's going to the game, I hope you enjoy the game until it actually starts. And I'll leave it there. Those are some fair wishes. Tyler, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you to Tyler from Locked On Irish. We appreciate you coming on, breaking down this matchup this Saturday, and uh, we hope you go home disappointed. Um, but, but now it's time for the Loyal Sun Sportsbook, Pitt Notre Dame edition. Loyal Sun Sportsbook, as always, brought to you by Big Shot Bobs. That's the original Big Shot Bobs in Avalon and Kennedy. Fellas, well, Squid, do you have a score update for me? Uh, yeah, we did all pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. You mean no one saw that absolute embarrassment against a third-string quarterback coming? No. Uh, I guess we didn't. Well, we didn't even know the third-string quarterback was playing when we made these picks, which would have just made our picks worse. So, Yeah, I would have added a zero to my score prediction for Pitt. Yeah, I mean... Thought it'd be high scoring. We thought we'd get a lot of sacks. The sacks didn't happen. 
So the updated standings. David has 18. I have 15. Dylan, I hate to break it to your brother. You did not get a single point last week. You're still at 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dylan, let me ask you this. Did oh, you... Wait, you got one. You got one. Sorry. Hey, did you uh, bet on Penn State on Saturday? I did not. I did not. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you used your mush powers for good. I didn't. I almost used them for bad. I, I bet on Ohio State. So. Oh, wow. Congrats I, on winning a bet. Even a blind squirrel, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Enough talking about my... Uh, my performance last week. Atrocious betting record is, I think, what you were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to turn around this week. Oh, yeah. First prop of the week. We've got a familiar friend on the opposite opposite sideline. Uh, I haven't seen him since 2021, but we've got Sam Hartman playing quarterback for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Last time he went up against a Charlie Partridge defensive line, did not bode well for the kid. Um, he's probably in a bit better of a situation now and he's not taking on as vaunted of a defensive unit as he did in 2021 but it's going to be a key to the game however he does end up playing so first prop over under one and a half sam hartman turnovers on saturday and as we've seen we've seen in the past if it goes bad early it can really really snowball Squid. I'll off. take the under. Watching the defensive line not do anything against Wake Forest last week has me feeling down pretty bad about how I think they will perform this week against a much better offensive line. I think uh what's his name? Joe Alt. He's their left tackle. He's like a top ten block for the draft next year going to be a tough task for the D-line. So, give me under. Yeah. Have we have we ever seen an athlete that spirals the way that Sam Hartman does? Mm. We could go down a rabbit hole if we wanted, but I'm just going to say no. Right, that feels better. Uh, I really want to say over. So no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. They have his number. Um, Sam Hartman is allergic to Dayon Hayes and Marquez Williams. Uh, Pitt's obviously going to have to pull out some bullshit to stay in this game, even for like a quarter. Um, and I trust Randy Bates to do his thing more than I trust probably any unit coordinator in this program. So, you know, I, I like to think he dials something up. Our, our corners are good. They're ball hawks. I have some questions about our safeties, linebackers, and defensive line. P.J. Yeah, O'Brien got an interception last week. Nice to see him making some plays. So did Devonshire. Yeah, and that was awesome. Over the last two weeks. Yeah, that was awesome before uh, Donovan McMillan decided to grab a guy by the wrist and drag him six yards for no reason and then get into a fight. 
but no, I, I think we could do it. Let's let's go over one and a half. I'm gonna go over. I think Pitt makes this a game. I think Pitt's just gonna find a way to make this feel pretty uncomfortable for Notre Dame a lot longer than they probably think so, given the line and given the performance of the team this season. Um, and the only way they're going to be able to do that is by forcing some turnovers. So I'm going to go over. Uh, next line, go to the offensive side of the ball for the Panthers. Uh, over under 34 and a half passing attempts for Christian Vayer. Last week, he threw 45 passes. Uh, seems like they're pretty, pretty intent on getting him reps as the season goes, uh, considering that they're not playing for much in the grand scheme of things. Uh, that may have been a little bit of what Wake Forest was giving them, but um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Over under here. Could you repeat the figure? 34 and a half. Oh, 34 and a half. The only way I think this goes under is if we get like nine three and outs, which isn't out of the question. So we just don't accumulate enough plays to pass it that much. But I think Bayer is going to have a good game. I think he'll throw for a lot of yards and we'll throw the ball up because I think Notre Dame's got a pretty stout defensive front. So I'd love a, a balanced attack, keep them on their heels, but I don't foresee that happening and we'll have to throw the ball a lot. And I think we'll be successful throwing the ball. Give me the over. I'm going to stand opposite my esteemed colleague Squid Cotton here and say under for a couple reasons. Uh, The best and worst case scenario for this game in my head both have uh, they are not getting that many attempts. If we get the absolute crap kicked out of us, I think we see Yarnell at some point. Maybe even Phil to, you know. No. Get a, get a shot against it. No, 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 Phil revenge game. This is now I'm... the SIBO and Shane Simon revenge game. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Some of that. Um, no, if, if we're getting killed, they will see no reason to leave Christian Vare in harm's way and they will take him out. Um, but if we are to make a real push in this game, Narduzzi is an old school guy. And the 1980s way of staying in games against superior opponents is control the clock, run the ball, try to beat them up up front. So I can see the running game being a big part of our game plan this week. Either way, I think it's going under. I lean in your direction, David. I think stop agreeing with me. Yeah, you don't like this, do you? No. It's making you rethink. Yeah. I'm going to go under as well. I really wanted to go over here. I know I kind of teased that I thought they're going to just let Vayer throw it a bunch to get him the reps. With that being said, I think Narduzzi is going to want to run the ball and shorten this game. I'm thinking kind of back to the game back in, what was it, 2019 uh, when they went down to Notre Dame and almost pulled the upset. It lost 19-14 and... They used essentially the entire first quarter on that first drive. Tick, 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 tick. Uh, just handing the ball off to Olison and Hall. Um, I think we're going to see a similar game plan to that from Narduzzi. I don't know how long he'll be able to stick to it. 
if if they're getting beat up up front. But I do think this goes under. Yeah, if uh, Notre Dame's coaches want us to do some spying or give some intel, kind of like Michigan is cheating right now, they could reach out to us and we could easily just tell you Pitt's going to try to establish the run game to start, just like Dylan said. That is what's going to happen. But we won't give them that intel because we are the loyal sons. Up next, this kind of plays off of the pass attempts. Uh, who do you think Pitt's leading receiver, receiving yardage, will be this Saturday? Uh, coming off a week where they went over 302 y- passing yards, so we had 109 from Bub Means, 68 from Kanade Mumpfield, 64 for Dejon Reynolds, 31 from Kenny Johnson, and 19 for Gavin Bartholomew. 19 for Gavin Bartholomew. I'll get us started here. Uh, Bub Means had a big week last week. It's pretty clear to me that he is Christian Veyer's favorite target, most comfortable he feels throwing to at this point. There was one point in the game where I swear he targeted Bub Means 10, 10 passes in a row, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go Bub Means on this one. Do you guys want to guess how many targets Bub Means had last week? 20. I'm only half joking. Uh, he had seven catches, or he had nine catches. Uh, he probably had like 17. 17, yeah. Wow. But means had 17 targets. And I have mixed feelings about that. Because uh, obviously he had the best game of his career, but every time he has a sweet catch, it feels like it means that they are going back to him four more times and he doesn't always make a sweet catch sometimes he does a drop sometimes he does something stupid with the ball but a lot of times he just kind of flops around uh i think he's been good this i think since vare's taken over agreed last year different story first week of the season different story Maybe I'm, maybe I'm still a little bit snake bit about it. Um, either way, I, I I agree with Dylan here. I think uh, I think they're going to continue to force feed Bub Means. I'd really like it to be Kanate Mumfield that gets that that leads us in. Is it catches or receiving yards? Yards. You see, even that benefits Bub Means because his average target is like twenty yards downfield. So I'm I'm going to go with Bub Means, and if he. I'll I'll make a wager if he if he plays lights out this week I will never ever again complain about targeting Bub Means. Noted. I was going to pick Bub Means as well, but that would render this whole category useless, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with Kenny Johnson. Ooh. In my head, leading up to this, I was like, I was going to say I love. The thought of Kenny Johnson of a big game, but he hasn't that many targets. I think this week they're going to break him out. He's their secret weapon. We've been holding him back for a big game. So now is the Kenny Johnson breakout game. We'll have a couple big plays. I would love a Kenny Johnson breakout game on national TV against Notre Dame. It would feel right. Um, All right, next up, back to Sam Hartman. Well, 
Sam Hartman related, over under two and a half sacks for Pitt. The deep <laughs> line has been disappointing. Last week, we set this line at, what, four and a half? They finished with two against Santino Marucci, the third-string quarterback for Wake Forest. Can they go over two and a half? Because I think if they can't, I think it's going to be a long day. I think Sam Hartman is going to have a field day. So what do we I thought think? last week's line that we made was criminally low, but it was still too high. They did not get three and a half over three and a half like we projected last week. So I'm flip flopping. I think Notre Dame is going to make a concerted effort to run the ball and throw the ball quickly. And when they decide to throw the ball deep, their offensive line will hold strong. Pitt not having a great defensive line makes me sad. I was thinking about how I love seeing how Pitt leads the ACC in sacks like every year and all these great stats, and now it's going to be ruined because of this year. I'm going under. I'm going under, too. I just... I can't sit here and pretend that this pass rush is going to do literally anything against a good football team that is great at coaching and recruiting in the trenches when we've been completely impotent in our pass rush against the Wake Forests and Cincinnati and West Virginia's of the world. I'm going the other way. I'm going to go over. I'm sure that makes you guys feel even better about your picks. Um, I'm I'm going to say this is going to be the day on Hayes one game of the year where he just goes off. Goes nuclear. He may go over this himself on Saturday. And he he's not unfamiliar with getting to Sam Hartman. Uh, he's going to do it on Saturday. I'm going to go over. Before the season, we talked to Dayon. He said that this was a game he had circled because he likes the matchups against these high-caliber tackles. So he'll be ready. Do it for us, Dayon. If no one else, just do it for us. Hmm. All right, first touchdown score. I don't think I'll ever hit one of these, but I'm going to try. But uh, do you want one of you want the honors for first pick? You got it. Christian Veyer, QB sneak. Or maybe even a read option that he doesn't slide on. Gets all the way into the end zone. Give me Veyer. Can we pick a no touchdown score? Absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be evil. Give me, give me Bub Means. If for no other reason, then I already feel guilty for... Uh, disparaging him like two minutes ago. Um, no, he's been good, and Veyer clearly loves him. He's going to keep going after him. Um, we're going to we're going we're going to need him, and I I don't know. Hammond used to be the really easy answer to this, and then we decided that our best running back shouldn't touch the ball anymore. Sebo takes what is given to him, and not a yard more. They're now listed with an or on the depth chart. No, that's sweet. That's sweet. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the spotlight. That was a Notre Dame joke on Bub Means. <laughs> Rodney Hammond's also like the odds on early favorite for uh 
significant pit player to transfer in the offseason. That's down that's down in the Loyal Sun Sportsbook. Sorry, we don't have to do that right now. Squid, your pick. Give me Rodney Hammond. Wow. I just listened to Narduzzi's press conference and he said that uh no, I take it back. I'm going with Sebo. All right. Sebo revenge game. I'm buying all the Sebo stock this week. All right, fair enough. Well, let's get the this line and the score predictions. Wait, wait, before we get to the line and the score predictions, just real quick. Um, and this doesn't count for anything, but uh Phil Dracovic snaps played. Point five, you over or under? Over. They're going to sneak him out there. Over. I think he gets a QB sneak at some point. <laughs> Either of you want to take Phil first touchdown. 20 points on the board for you. Really? Yeah. I don't think it'll be the first touchdown, but they're going to they're gonna try to get him a touchdown. They're going to run the wild pat with him or whatever the Phil Dracovic equivalent is. I, I think he's, he's going to get on the field. They... I bet Signetti feels that he at least owes him that. I already changed my pick once. I'll change it again to Phil. For right. 20 points. If that hits, I'm going to be so pissed. Okay. Score prediction. Line, last time I checked right before we started recording, we're recording this Monday evening. 20 and a half. Plus 20 and a half. Who would have thought three touchdown underdogs going into this game? Before the season started. I don't think anyone would have thought that. I thought we might even be favored coming into this game. Fellas. Do we cover? Give me a score prediction. What's going down in South Bend on Saturday? Squid. I'm picking. Pit to cover. Good teams win. Great teams cover. So I think it'll be a high-scoring affair. A lot of throwing the ball. The final score will be 39-36. Pitt. What? Wow. 39-36. We're getting like 375 Christian Vayer passing yards. He's going to be upset about how last week ended. That's about all the, the insight I can give. Because... Tough Simple as that. Up, <laughs> That's all you, you have to say because there's nothing else to there's... say. <laughs> because you'd have to come up with a lot to defend the idea that Pitt's going to win this game. And it's easier to just leave it at the score. Yeah, if I kept saying more and more like, oh, the receivers are going to do all this and that. They'll get Bart involved. Too, and much, too much creativity. That'd be like, you know what? No, that doesn't sound great now that I'm saying it out loud. So... I never said any of that. It'll be great. We're winning. I also think Pitt's going to cover. Um, but I think it's going to be a less beautiful result than Squid indicated. Uh, give me 38-24 to 24, Notre Dame. Um, still a cover. I think Pitt's going to be very much in it for a couple quarters. Um, I do think Big Chris, the Hab, is going to come out motivated because of how that game ended and because his own coach 
threw him under the bus as hard as possible in the post-game press conference, which is something we have not yet brought up, but holy shit, Narduzzi, what are you doing? Uh, we should just have a segment that's the holy shit, Narduzzi, what are you doing of the week? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, episodes would only be three hours long every week. Yeah, so I think there's some internal and external pressures that are going to be motivating uh, Veyer, and he's going to come out hot. But at the end of the day, talent wins, especially when we're talking about one of the best teams in the country and maybe one of the worst. Yeah, I, I, I'm i in the same boat as you, David. I think, sorry for continuing to agree with you here, but I think Pitt makes this one interesting. They always do against Notre Dame, it seems, other than the absolute drubbing they took in those. In the actual uh, finale of the Steel Panther uniforms, the last game Paris Ford played in the Pitt uniform, that, that drubbing they took during the COVID year from Notre Dame. But they always seem to keep make things interesting. It's a rivalry. There's a bit of a rivalry with Pitt and Notre Dame. It's a historic, uh, even if they may not consider each other hated, rivals one of their one of the main rivals on the schedule every year there's definitely a lot of history between these teams and i think Pitt keeps it really close for most of the game and then i think they pull it out i think we go into south bend winners sprinkle a little bit of the money line there's a lot there i definitely think they cover the honestly like this the logical part of me thinks they cover the Pitt fan in me thinks they win. I've had this score in my head all week, 26-23. I don't know. It keeps popping out at me. So take it to the bank. What do we have to lose? We're taking 40 people. We've got 40 tickets in one section in Notre Dame Stadium. In a Notre Dame section, mind you. Our presence will be felt. The Hab will put on a show. Pitt wins on Saturday. What good does picking them to lose do me at this point? Absolutely nothing. David, you look bewildered. I love thinking about the trip we're about to go on with all of our buddies. I hate thinking about the game that's going to be played on Saturday. Yeah, that's a small part of it. Who who even cares at that point? But It's going to be fun. Pitt's going to win. We'll get back to that, but in a world where they don't win, how soon will it take for somebody in our group to leave and go to the bar? Over under four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. I can see it happening sooner, but. Does everyone make it to halftime? No. No? It depends on how fun linebackers is. Fair enough. If, we'll if be we there have, till the end. David and we, I will be there just like we were against the upset against Louisville. We'll stay till the bitter end. If we have a Tommy Trent-esque performance at linebackers, I can see people being there by the end of the first. Pitt's going to keep it close. They're not going to let that happen. They're going to send us home happy. Unless they don't. In which case they wouldn't. All right, 
See you all in South Bend. We'll be tailgating. We'll send out some details about it. Come see us. Drink a few beers. Uh, tell us some stories. Let us know your picks. And as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. And that's going to do it here for the Loyal Sun Show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan, David, and Squid are signing off. Until next time, Panther fans, H2P.